This message is a product of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. We thank you for engaging this conversation. Messages like this one are great resources to help us grow, but they cannot replace being a part of a local church. If you're not actively a part of a church, we encourage you to find one near you that fits you, visit it, and get involved. And we hope this message gives life to you today. Enjoy. Kevin, thank you so much um, for, those, for those kind words. Um, Kevin is someone that's easy to believe in, for, for those of you that, that have had any interaction with him. And uh, it's been a privilege to, uh, to, to be his friend, to walk through this journey uh, with him. And his heart um, is as pure as they come. And let me just say this before I get started, that, that what God is doing in a little movie theater in little Albemarle, North Carolina, isn't normal. Did you know you're not normal? It's it, it's it's not normal. It's it's extraordinary. It's it's it, it's more than than most people are seeing. And so when you come into this place, don't just be someone. And I'm going to talk about it in, in just a minute some more. Don't just be someone that comes in here and watches what God does. God doesn't need sideline Christians. God needs Christians who are in the game and who are playing to win and who are fighting for his kingdom and who are looking forward to a future kingdom and who are willing to pay the price now so that other people can experience that for eternity. So be a part of what God is doing. Celebrate it, but also get in the game. Don't sit on the sidelines. Um, I just I want to talk this morning just for a few minutes, um, a message that I've called by invitation only. If you're taking notes, you can put that at the top by invitation only. You know, Jesus, Jesus is, as we look through scripture and as, as we look through the Old Testament and as we look through the New Testament, we're always seeing these invitations being offered. Jesus was a, was a God of, of invitation. He was someone who was often asking people to step into relationship with him. He was constantly inviting people to a, de- to a deeper place. God was constantly inviting people to a deeper place, to a better place with him. As a matter of fact, the, the story of the gospel is a story of invitation. It's a story of God being unwilling to, to be alone, wanting his creation with him so much that he invited them into a personal relationship with him. By invitation only, if you have a Bible, uh, turn it to, to Luke 5. We're going to be in Luke 5. Um, Luke 5, starting in verse 1. And just to kind of set this up, um, if, if you have a study Bible, which I've, I figured out a lot of people cheat in church and have a study Bible. And so, like, if I say something that goes against the study Bible notes, then they're like, ah, he doesn't know what he's talking about. And so, y'all have done that before, haven't you? Honey, honey, that's not what it says here. First off, sometimes there's, there, there's different opinions, and they're all opinions, and so... You know, you can use some freedom. But anyway, let me just set this up. Okay, the, this story is the story of, a, of the calling of Peter, Simon at this time, and he is one of the disciples. And so the gospels, several different gospels, John, Matthew, and Luke, all give an account of the calling of Peter. Now, all of them differ just a little bit. They all happen kind of in a different sequence, different events surrounding the call, and they all happen in just a little bit of a different way. And so some scholars in your notes, some people may say that, 
this calling is a different calling from the one that's in John or, or vice versa. Some, 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 some scholars will say that one calling was like Peter's salvation experience. One calling was um, Peter's call to leadership in the church. And, and then the last calling was Peter's calling to evangelize, go fish for people, as we're going to read here in a minute. However you look at it, what, what we know is, as, as we get into the story, is we know that this is a day that Jesus took Peter by invitation from an ordinary situation to an extraordinary journey. However it lines up, we know that Peter took this invitation and ran with it. And because Peter was willing to invest and was willing to be called and sold out, Jesus could later say, it's upon this rock, I'll build my church. Jesus could later tell Peter, watch my sheep. Peter could later, later d- deliver one of the greatest sermons in the history of the world and the Holy Spirit fall down. It's because this invitation, however it happened, that the church is dramatically impacted. Impact often starts with an invitation that someone accepts. You can write that down. Luke 5, starting in verse 1, this is what it says. It says, one day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, which, once again, your little footnote there is going to say, that's the Sea of Galilee, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge, circle that, at the water's edge, two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deeper water and let down the nets for a catch. Pause right there just for a second. I can't can't continue without, without saying this. Sometimes Jesus calls us to deeper places. And so even though Peter is a professional fisherman, Jesus is about to ask him to take his ordinary work to a deeper place, but this time Jesus is going to come along with him. Sometimes Jesus offers us calls in our life, and there's, um, and there's, there's this moment of going deeper with Jesus where when we're obedient, he's going to go with us, and he's going to do something new in our life. So Peter, he's always been a fisherman. Like, he is a professional fisherman. This isn't his hobby, but Jesus is going to call him to go deeper. Even though it's going to take some work on Peter's part, Jesus is going to go with him. Continuing on, verse 5. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I'll let down my nets. Now, that's why some of the scholars believe that this is a different call because apparently he already knows a little bit about who Jesus is. I think, I think sometimes we can know about Jesus but without knowing Jesus. And so as a matter of fact, I think, I think that's one of the problems in the church is there's a lot of people that know about Jesus. They know who Jesus is. They know who Jesus is supposed to be, but they've never made Jesus personal. So Simon is about to make Jesus personal because he's willing to go to a deeper place with Jesus, right? Now, now see, I got a lot of black folk in my church. And when I say something like that, they always say amen. And so I need some excitement. Come on. Isn't that right? There we go. Verse 6. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish, their nets began to break. Jesus rewards those who are willing to go deeper. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full they began to sink. What a beautiful picture, right? I mean, they haven't caught anything all night. And now Jesus shows up and they have to call in backup boats just to hold it. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. He realized that he was in the presence of greatness and then realized that he wasn't that great. 
For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their, net, their boats up on shore, left everything, say everything, everything, left everything and followed him by invitation only. Have you ever had one of those moments in your life that everything seemed ordinary and everything seemed to be going the way it was supposed to be going until a dramatic moment happens. Maybe, maybe it's a text message. Maybe everything was going good until you got that text message from your son, from your daughter, from your mom, from your dad, that just dramatically changed the trajectory of life or tr- the trajectory of, 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 of that part of your life. Maybe it was a diagnosis. Maybe, maybe it was you won something. My wife and I once won a legitimate seven-day, seven-night cruise from Royal Caribbean, like legitimately. That changed our year, especially when it came tax season. And... Some of you get that. And, but you've had those moments where life was one way and then something happened and it completely spun around. Have you ever had those moments like a hurricane just kind of rips through our coast, right? We live about 80 miles from Charleston. And I, we've, been, we've been out of town for a few days. I had somebody come by and check on, check on the house. We have a storm door that got ripped off the house. We have trees down. But in that moment, all it takes is one little moment to completely change the trajectory of a day or even your life, right? Some of you, the first time your spouse asked you out on a date, it changed your life because you never thought you'd, they would even pay any attention to you, right? Some of you had never been on a date before, right? Who are, how many of you are looking for a date? <laughs> just trying to just trying to help you. Just trying to help. But one moment, one moment can completely change your life, good or for the bad. That's kind of the way invitations are. And so as as as, as we open up this the, the, this passage and look at the invitation that Jesus calls Peter, and it dramatically changes his life. I want us to view it through the fact that invitations can change everything. So let me just give us four quick things. Four quick ways to make our invitations more powerful. Because if we've been invited into a relationship with Jesus like Peter was, then the calling on our life is to go and invite other people, right? A lot of times we forget that. And I think that's why, that's why Jesus finishes this passage in verse, in verse 10 by telling Peter to go and fish for people. Because it's not just enough that you accept. You've got to do something with it. It's not enough that you've showed up to the game. You've got to get in the game. You've got to get off the sidelines and you've got to begin become a key player. So four ways to make your invitations more powerful. Number one, I invite where I inhabit. I invite where I inhabit. I invite where I inhabit. Verse three, Jesus was at the water's edge. Jesus was in a place where Peter was inhabited. And so when Jesus steps into this place where Peter's already standing, he's at the water's edge. He isn't offering Peter an invitation somewhere where Peter will never come into his presence. Or so he's not going and, 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 and going to Peter's house. But what Jesus is doing is he's inviting, he's sending out this invitation to Peter after he's inhabited Peter's space. One of the reasons a lot of Christians are frustrated by evangelism, and we keep hearing, invite people to church, invite people into a relationship with Jesus. But one of the reasons we're frustrated is because we're trying to throw out invitations in places we're not willing to inhabit. We're not willing to invade people's space. We're not willing to get into a relationship with people before we throw out that invitation. The truth is, is that the people that you have in your circle, 
the people that you have around you are there for a reason. That person that bugs the crap out of you, that you work with in the cubicle beside you, that person's there for a reason. One of the reasons you're frustrated is because you're trying to invite somewhere where God's never called you to inhabit. Jesus is at the water's edge this day, and he's going to offer an invitation to Peter. Why? Because Peter is the one that's there. And Peter's the one that he can relate with at this moment. Don't try to invite where you're not going to inhabit. Invite the people around you, the people you have, the friends, the family, the circle. They are there for a reason. And if you miss, if God puts them in your path and you miss them, who will be the one to invite them? Without Jesus offering this invitation to Peter this day, who would have done it? The trajectory of the church, the trajectory of Christianity, the trajectory of our very lives today would have been changed had Jesus not been willing to inhabit where Peter was. Peter was a fisherman. And Jesus was willing to invite. So the invitation's all kind of set up. Jesus comes, he's at the water's edge, and he offers the invitation. Look at verse 4. It says, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Many of our life's greatest moments happen because of an invitation. Think about it. As I mentioned just a second ago, your date, the proposal was an invitation, right? The date to the prom was an invitation, right? Some of life's greatest moments begin with an invitation. As a matter of fact, I would even go as far as to say that every great move of God begins with an invitation. Every great move of God, if we look back at scripture and we search our own lives, every great move of God begins with an invitation. Take Abraham. You don't have to be a Bible scholar to know the story of Abraham. Abraham was an ordinary old man. He was about 80 when he got the call. He, God came to Abraham and he said, I'm going to invite you. I want you to be the father of many nations. He offered him and his wife, Sarah, who was old and her stuff didn't work anymore. But God invited Abraham and God invited Sarah to trust him. And in exchange, God was going to take Abraham and Sarah on a journey that today we are still reaping the benefits of. It started with an invitation. Take Moses. Moses was a murderer. He was a jealous murderer. But God offered Moses an invitation. As a matter of fact, God had to get Moses' attention so much he offered it by way of a burning bush. Sometimes God will go to extraordinary lengths for the, to offer you an invitation to do something. And so God offers Moses this invitation to be the leader of the people that he had already promised Abraham would have, and now Moses is going to be their leader. He accepted the invitation. What about Peter right here? Gets the invitation. What about Paul? Paul, on the road to Damascus, is blinded by a light. Jesus says, why are you persecuting me? And offers him this wonderful invitation. Paul would go on to write much of the New Testament. By invitation, God initiates great things. By invitation, you are called to impact the people around you and the people in the places that you inhabit. By invitation, God begins great work. So here's the question. I want you to write this down if, you, if you've got something to write with. How are you, how am I, make it personal, how am I letting God move through me? Because that's the ultimate question for the, for the life of a believer. That's the ultimate question of someone who has moved from sideline to game. How am I letting God move through me? 
Let me just give you some, some stats. Lifeway Research. If you're a Baptist, you know Lifeway. If you're, if you're not a Baptist, you don't want to know Lifeway. But this is what Lifeway Research says. I'm just kidding. Lifeway does great things, and their stores are very peaceful. This is a 2014 study. In 2014, they did a study, and they said that 67% of Americans say that a personal invitation from a family member would be enough to get them to church. 67%. Just the people that are where you inhabit. The people that are going to be at your Thanksgiving dinner, even though you'd rather them not. He goes on to say that 63% of Americans say a personal invitation from a friend would be enough to get them to come to church. 63% of the people that you and I rub shoulders with day after day have acknowledged the fact that if someone would take the time to offer an invitation and invade their space with an invitation, that it would change the way they behave and it would ultimately potentially change where they place their faith in eternity. 63%. 63%. of people that began attending a church, not the ones that grew up in it, but that began attending the church, 85% began because of an invitation from a friend or a, family, a friend or a family member. 85%. Verse 5, Simon answered. Jesus has told him to put out in deeper water. Simon answered. Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I'll let down my nets. Write this down. The most powerful invitations come in the midst of others' frustration. The most powerful invitations come in the midst of others' frustration. Peter's been fishing all night. They've, they're washing their nets. Can't you just see this? Like Peter and his buddies, they're, they're, they're by the water's edge. They have their boat. They're washing their nets. And can't you, can't you just imagine that, that Peter and all of them are kind of like, <sighs> as, they're, as they're washing these nets, which they did every day, but normally they would catch something. Can't you just see there's a lot of, <sighs> and since they're fishermen, they're probably cussing. Because that's what fishermen do. Y'all don't, if, you, if you're a fisherman, don't, don't, don't play holy with me. But they're probably cussing, and I'm not going to reenact that part. And so they're groaning, they're moaning, they're washing their nets, and boom! Jesus shows up and invites this invitation when they're in the midst of frustration. You see, sometimes God will bring people to a place so that you can lift them out of that place. And he's put you there. He's put you in, the, in that place to be the one that is in the midst of their frustration offers them an invitation for something more. That's why God, that, that, that's why, that's why God sometimes lets people get so far. He allows people to, to, to fall so far because he's waiting on one of the people, one of the people that have already acknowledged his name. He's waiting on one of the people to rescue them and to go to them and help them see because when you're broken, you're willing for anything to build you back up. And so God's waiting for you to touch people who are in the midst of frustration, to touch people who are broken. Yes, I know you're broken too. But that's the beauty of the gospel. Peter's broken. But Peter's going to go on to help other people mend their nets as well. Frustration brings about great opportunities for invitation. 
Number two, I invite while I impact. Verse six, when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so full they began to sink. I was uh, at Myrtle Beach several months ago. I would not want to be there now. But I was at Myrtle Beach several months ago and uh, was eating dinner at a, at a place that we always like to go. We're, we're about an hour and a half from Myrtle Beach, so we, we kind of know the restaurant scene and kind of know where to go. And so we, we, were, we were at dinner at this place that, that we go so often. Um, service is always really good. It's always really good food. But the waitress comes, and she's got this bracelet on. And the bracelet has a Bible verse on it and then has a slogan for a church that I recognize. I'm not going to say the name of the church um, because that would not be good. Um, but the, the, the slogan was on the, on the bracelet. I recognize the church. I recognize the Bible verse. And so I, being someone who, does, does anybody else just like talk to random people if they can fi- figure out a way? And not, don't, not, not in a creepy way, but like if the, if the opportunity presents itself. And so I'm sitting kind of at the end of the table, and she's standing like right here. And so I see your bracelet. I'm like, I, I see your bracelet. Do you, do you go to that church? And she said, yeah. And I actually kind of, I actually knew like the teaching they were doing at that time. I said, well, have you been enjoying the blank series? Yeah. Can I get you some more hush puppies? And so like she completely ignored the conversation that I had tried to offer her. You see, when don't dare invite people into a place or into a relationship with Jesus or into church without being excited about it. Don't dare invite people on a journey that when they look at you, I, I want no part of your journey. Like whatever, your, whatever journey you're on, I think it's, it's to the middle of nowhere because you look sad all the time. But what we have to do is we have to seek to impact while we invite. And so what Jesus is doing here with Peter is he has, he has given Peter a boat, literally a boatload of fish. And he's saying, I want to do something good for you in the hopes that my invitation will help you follow me. Don't invite someone to church by leaving a track when you leave a tip. Leave a good tip and then invite them to church. Don't tell somebody about Jesus with a frown on your face. Don't tell them about, I love my church. You should come. The Lord tells you, we meet in the movie theater over there. I don't know when they're going to get a building. A real invitation looks like, oh my gosh, you, you would not believe what happened Sunday. Hey, I would love for you to come to church with me Sunday. Could, and this is with a friend. Don't do this with a stranger. They're, they're, they're freaked out at this point. I would love for you to come to church with me Sunday. You won't believe what happened last Sunday. We, I'll, I'll come pick you up. We can go to lunch afterwards. I'm buying. That's what an invitation to follow Jesus looks like. It looks like me meeting a need, me being excited, and me being happy that Jesus has saved my soul in hopes that he's going to save theirs. Impact while you invite. Number three, I invite because I'm invested. Then Jesus said to Simon in verse 10, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. Circle that word, everything. This is one of my favorite stories in all of Scripture. And every time I read it, I see that word everything. And I begin to imagine what everything could have meant. 
like if I'm willing to leave everything, modern day, if I'm willing to leave everything, I'm willing to leave my livelihood, I'm willing to leave my family, I'm willing to leave my house, I'm willing to leave my possessions. He was willing to even leave his very identity in order to follow Jesus. He was willing to leave everything in order to follow Jesus, and it changed his life, and it changed a whole bunch of other people's lives too. He left everything. And let me, let me just say this. Because someone was willing to leave everything, you are here. Because Jesus was willing to leave the confines of heaven, you are here. Because Peter was willing to leave everything, you are here. Because of the conversation that Kevin and I had years ago, and Kevin was willing to leave everything. I knew Kevin before he moved back. Kevin was not lacking, but he was willing to leave everything and start a church. And yes, somewhere that I consider middle of nowhere, North Carolina, and I'm from Orangeburg, South Carolina, so that's saying something. He was willing to leave everything. A group of people were willing to leave everything so that you could sit here. Don't be someone who just sits here and soaks it in. Be someone who sits here, soaks it in, and then squeezes it out. Be someone. Be an inviter. Be someone who repays what's been given. Be someone who's willing to do something with what they've learned. The problem with the church today is we have too many people who are soaking up and they're never squeezing anything out. We have too many people in churches today, not this church, because I'm sure all of y'all do everything you're taught, but we have too many people in churches across the country today that are taking in good stuff regardless of theology. It's good stuff. It's life-changing stuff. It's stuff that God could use to change the world, but because they're unwilling to offer this invitation, it's not changing our world. It's not changing culture. If anything, culture is changing us. Be someone who's willing to pay back, who's willing to invest back. And I can't help but forward in Peter's life after Jesus has had this dramatic impact on him to think forward to the book of second Peter I just want to read second Peter 1 16 through 18 I don't know if it'll be up, up, up on the screen have any of the verses been up here okay I don't know if this one will be on the screen or not but I just want to I just want to read it and then I'm gonna give you number four second Peter 1 16 through 18 says for we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory saying, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. And this is the key. I want you to circle this if you have a Bible. Underline it. We ourselves... We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. Number four, I invite because I'm intimate. I invite because I'm intimate. Peter wouldn't spend the rest of his life, wouldn't spend the rest of his days, the rest of his legacy. Peter didn't spend that based off of something that he just knew about, 
But Peter, what he's saying here in Second Peter is he's saying, I've been there. Like that's, that's one of the reasons we can believe the scriptures because it's not hearsay. It's written by men who believed because they saw Jesus. They saw him. Peter experienced Jesus. He could touch Jesus as he was washing his nets. When the nets began to break because he was pulling fish into the boat, Peter could see the tears in Jesus' eyes and see his compassion for him. Peter knew Jesus. And so Peter was willing to do anything to get that message out. If you have never truly been intimate with Jesus, and you've never truly experienced this life-saving, hell hell rescuing grace and love of Christ, you're not going to be someone who lives it out. But Peter, because he experienced that, because he knew that, because he saw the risen Christ, because he believed his word, because he believed when he said, I'll be back for you. Because of that, Peter changed the church and we have him to thank today. My question this morning is not, are you offering invitations to people to come to church and to get to know Jesus? My question this morning is, are you intimate with Jesus? Because when you're intimate with Jesus, you can't help but believe and you can't help but execute what he's asked you to do. Are you intimate with the one that Peter says God looked at at his baptism and said, this is my son. God acknowledged it. This is my son. I'm well pleased. Let me pray. Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you are a life-changing, eternity-shaking, world-moving God. And the truth is, this morning, is we are all broken. We are all broken but we're also all called to be repairers. So God, I pray this morning that you would give us bold, um, bold wisdom, bold faith to be inviters, to be people who take what they've experienced, what we know is real. We know you're there. We know. We've experienced it. We've experienced your kindness. We've experienced your grace. We can say thank you for what you've given us. We know there are times where we should have been dead. There's times where we should have been destroyed, but because of your grace... We experience rescue. And so, God, I pray that we would be reminded of that. We would be reminded of your grace and your love. That we would experience that right now, even as we're sitting there with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. That we would just feel that gentle nudge saying, remember? And Jesus, that we would be willing to do something about it. That we'd be willing to invest in others. We'd be willing to invite others. And God, through that, our community can be changed. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. This podcast has been a production of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. For more information on our church, we encourage you to visit us online at vortexchurch.com.